Welcome to the sermon podcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Moore of Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on Christmas Day, December 25th, 2014, on the basis of John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. I would guess that you would agree that Christmas would not be complete if you did not hear or did not watch your favorite Christmas story. Do you agree with that? Do you have one? A favorite Christmas story? For my money, nothing beats the 24 straight hours of pure bliss that TBS offers us every year with Ralphie and his Red Rider BB gun. That one's one of my favorites. I realize full well that that one might not be everyone's favorite. Maybe your favorite uh, is the one with the three ghosts that help Ebenezer Scrooge see the error of his miserly ways. Maybe it's the one with the who's down in Whoville who helped the Grinch and his heart grow three sizes that day. Maybe it's a more recent one of that orphan named Buddy who gets raised at the North Pole as an elf but then comes back to New York City to find his father and to bring some Christmas spirit. And then, of course, there's the one that we heard last night, the one with Mary, Joseph's espoused wife being great with child. And the shepherds abiding out there in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And of course, the baby wrapped in those swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Christmas would not be complete without Luke's Christmas story. I think you'd agree. But as much as Luke's story is very different from those other ones that I mentioned, including the fact that Luke's story is actually true, Luke's story has one important thing in common with those other stories, it's very warm and tender. It kind of tugs at our heartstrings a little bit. It, it puts a smile on our faces and, and sort of causes us to just sit back and think, yes, this is Christmas. But now it's Christmas Day, not Christmas Eve. And the story that's in front of us this morning is John's Christmas story, not Luke's Christmas story. This isn't the Christmas story that Linus recited up there on stage to teach his good pal Charlie Brown what Christmas was all about. This isn't the story that you've heard maybe so many times before that that you almost know it by heart. John's Christmas story is, is a very different kind of Christmas story. Maybe we'll put a different feeling in your heart and a different expression on your face. John's story is unique in many different ways, including the fact that John's Christmas story is the longest Christmas story ever told. As we turn our attention to these verses and and sort of open up to chapter 1 of this Christmas story, you can see why I call it the longest Christmas story ever told. It's not because of its length. It's not because of the number of words. Luke's story is quite a bit longer. But it's actually because of when John's story begins. John takes us all the way back to book one, chapter one, verse one of the entire Bible, day one of human history, in the beginning, he says. You maybe recognize those words from the very start of the Bible. Moses' story of creation starts out exactly the same way. But unlike Moses, who stood there at the very beginning and looked ahead at what happened next, John wants us to stand here at the very beginning and actually look back to what already was. And as we stand there at the very beginning and stare off into timeless eternity, 
John introduces the main character in his story. This time of year, we usually call him Baby Jesus, the newborn king, the Christ child, Emmanuel. But I suppose it shouldn't surprise us that in this unique Christmas story that John gives, he also gives a very unique title for our Savior. He calls him the Word. The Word, that that title for God's Son really tells us some important things about God's Son and His work. God's Son is God's messenger. He is God's spokesman. What God thinks, the Word speaks. What God wills, the Word communicates. And John tells us that in the beginning, the Word was with God. So you had the Word and you had God side by side, face to face, in perfect harmony, in perfect agreement, So far, so good. But then John immediately says something that seems to contradict what he just said. He says that the Word was God. So here we've got the Word in the beginning with God, communicating the very thoughts and the very will of God. But now John says that the Word was God. So even though the Word and God are two, the Word and God are also one. Again, we're not dealing with the warm and the tender here. We're dealing with the very deep and the very profound. And yet, even though the mystery of who our God is, and the fact that he is triune, is something that's a little bit beyond us, the point is clear. One thing the word is not. The word is not man. The word and man are as different, as distinct as can possibly be. In fact, there's one man that John tells us about in his story, John the Baptist. And the way that he talks about the word and John the Baptist is as distinct as can be. The word always was. John became. The word was with God. John was sent from God. The word was the creator. John was the creation. In other words, there is this wide gulf, this infinite chasm that exists between God and mankind. The Word is off here in a class all by himself, completely distinct from us. And really, that's okay. Because as we turn the page to chapter 2 of John's story, we see that this is ultimately a love story between the Word and mankind. As John stands there with us in the beginning, we can now look ahead to what happened next. In the beginning, the word was there to express God's powerful will to create things, to call into existence out of nothing everything that we see in our world today. Through the word, all things were made, John says. John also tells us that even though God made all things, one thing, one creature, was the special object of God's deepest affection. And God had one special gift that he wanted to give just to us, just to mankind. John says that in the word, in him was life. And that life was the light for all mankind. John's telling us that that the life that you and I have as the crown of God's creation is very different from the life that God gave to plants And God gave to animals. It's the kind of life that makes us aware of the fact that we do have a God. It's the kind of life that that makes us sense God's love and God's protection 
in our lives. The kind of life that makes us want nothing more than to please our God and to be with him forever. This is the special gift, this life that God gave to mankind. But very sadly, just like a lot of those fictional stories that I mentioned before, this Christmas story takes a tragic turn for the worse. No sooner had mankind, Adam and Eve, unwrapped this special gift that God had given to them that they wanted to make an exchange. They wanted something different. They weren't happy with the gift of life that God had given them. Instead, they, well, they wanted to be more like God. You might remember that's the temptation that the devil held out to them. Your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. And they very literally took a bite. And of course, this is the part of the story that also includes you and me, even though we're not named by name here in John's story. This is the part of the story that's been told for thousands of years and has been relived by billions and billions of people, including us. As part of the human race, we are one big mob of people standing in line tomorrow, the day after Christmas, ready to exchange the gift that God has given to us. Quick to say, God, what you gave me was nice, but I want something a little bit different. I want this instead. God, what you gave me is great and all, but it doesn't quite fit. It's not the right size. I need a little bit more freedom. I need a little bit less restriction. And so the devil continues to hold out to us that very same lie, that things like greed and things like lust and pride and deception are good and pleasing to the eye, and we figuratively take that same bite. And even though we've seen countless people fail, you and I stand in line and we make that same attempt to jump over this chasm, this gulf that separates God and man. Not satisfied with the gift that God has given us, looking to make an exchange, looking to jump that chasm and become our own God. Thankfully, as Luke told us last night, Christmas is a time for good news of great joy. And so as we turn the page to the final chapter of John's Christmas story, well, to say that it's a happy ending would be selling it short. Rather than letting us wallow in the sin and the condemnation that we deserve, rather than doing nothing, the Word decided to do something that was as mysterious as it was miraculous. That gulf, that chasm that separated God and man was actually crossed by the word. All of those distinctions between God and man that John had been so careful to spell out were all erased by God himself. The word who was with God in the beginning and who was God became flesh the infinite and changeless Son of God, became something that he was not before. The Word who knew the very thoughts of God and could speak the very mind of God had to learn how to talk, learn how to read, learn how to write. The infinite and limitless Son of God became the tiny, helpless Son of Mary. And he somehow did that without ceasing to be what he was before. God became man without ceasing to 
to be God. This is the miracle, this is the mystery that we call the incarnation. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And even though this is another mystery that that we can't quite fathom with our limited minds, again, the message and the implications are clear. God's Son, the Word, became flesh to live as the substitute for all of us, to be what we could not be and to suffer what we were supposed to suffer, to give to us on this Christmas day a truly great exchange, to take all of our sin and all of our punishment and in its place give us absolute perfection, absolute righteousness, and an inheritance of eternal life. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So John's story is really already the longest Christmas story that's ever been told, and yet it could be even longer. The story of of sin and death and heartache and tragedy and everything that's wrong with our world would have gone on forever. Not just until the end of time, but beyond that as well. And yet, thankfully, when it comes to this story of all that was wrong between God and mankind, Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh, truly is the end. Amen. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.